Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome back to Long Distance Listening. We're glad to have you here. We will be talking today about the top 10 albums of the 2000s. So in case you weren't alive, um, the 2000s were from the year 2000 through the year 2009. And uh, Nate and I were alive and we're going to take a little journey back down memory lane um right uh you kind of round nostalgia corner and that's where uh, uh where you'll find us today so uh we're going to be talking about our favorite albums um our top 10 we do have some honorable mentions we'll start with and then we're just going to go back and forth um one at a time we do have it as a top 10, and we were strict on making sure it's only 10 besides these uh, honorable mentions, maybe. But um, we really don't have a particular order for these 10. Um, I think we both were like, oh, we'll kind of sort it. But, like, I don't know. When you're talking nostalgia, some albums hit harder than they deserve, and some albums um, are just... Yeah, it's just, it's kind of all a mess. So, the order doesn't really matter. So, if you're listening and you go, I can't believe they said this album was top 10 and they only put it at 10. Like, it deserves one. It probably does. We don't actually care that much about the order. We're just going to list it in whatever order feels fun. Um, So, um, only other context... Uh, I feel like might be worth giving, and I'm going to tee you up even though you didn't know I was going to do this. Um, Nate, do you want to talk about our friendship in the 2000s and music at all, or should we just jump in? No. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so, and actually it connects, What that question definitely connects to a point that I wanted to make, which is, this is like our childhood, sort of. Yeah. This this decade. I mean, we're technically '90s kids, yep. um, and there's definitely '90s albums that are deeply a part of our childhood. Yeah. Um, but I would say, in terms of like us getting into music and developing what we liked, uh, this decade is a big part of that. So. It was actually kind of hard to put this list together because some albums I felt kind of like ashamed about. Yeah. In the sense of like, man, I feel childish for having this sure. or I feel like immature. But it's like, well, I was immature and I was yeah. childish when uh, this decade was happening. Yes. And I'm also still immature and childish now. <laughs> so there's yeah. no surprise. Um, but to talk about our friendship. Yeah. So Andrew just... Just to give the full picture for those who don't know, Andrew's parents and my mom went to college together. Andrew's mom and my mom are good friends. And then we actually, like, surprisingly enough, never really met until your family took a, like, homeschool field trip, like, mm-hmm. literal trip to Boston. Yep. And you guys visited us and. We met each other, and I met all your brothers, and it was great, but it really did feel like this, like, one-time thing. Yeah. But then the next time we went to Pennsylvania, we visited you, because we went to Pennsylvania twice a year, and all of a sudden, we started seeing each other at least, like, well, not at least, but I would say basically twice a year. And because you and I both loved music... We most of our conversation would be music related and album related. And so, in fact, a few of these albums on my list, and I'm sure a few of the albums on yours, would be albums that we talked about when we were much younger or uh, shared. And so, so yeah, it's definitely a trip down memory lane. Um, I'm interested to see how many of your albums are albums that you liked in the 2000s and yeah. how many are albums that you kind of really started to get into later yes i wonder if there's any of them but anyways yep. there's a lot of different factors but is there, there is. anything you'd like to add to that um i would just say that if we're talking the years that i feel most 
because we would just share all music with each other and probably knew what each other was listening to 95% of the time. Um, between the years of maybe 06 and like 2014 would probably be the years that I feel most sure like I knew what you were listening to. You probably knew what I was listening to. So there's probably a decent bit of like predicting that could happen for the sake of the podcast, not being just a bunch of guesswork and stuff. We won't be like, Hey, guess my top 10 or anything crazy. But, um, but I was thinking through and I was like, I feel like I knew all the music you were listening to, but I still like, there's going to be so many albums. I'm sure that show up that I'll be like, Oh, right. You were really into that album or like, wow, I didn't realize you were as into that album as you were. Um, so it'll be just, I don't know. I love top tens. Lists are like some of the most fun things. They take so much time to put together, but they're so fun. And because we don't share our lists with each other beforehand, it's fun to hear your lists. So that's all I'll say. Um, let's go ahead and have you list uh, your honorable mentions. And then I'll list mine and then we'll go back and forth. So, you know, what, Andrew, as I was thinking about the honorable mention thing, you know what I realized? What? I think it makes more sense for me to share mine actually after our top 10. I because can do the of same. What I, well, yeah, it's up you to know you. What? Yeah. Let's do that because I think if there's internal guesswork, my honorable exactly. mentions start to check off those. Okay, that's not in his top 10. Exactly. That's not. So, um, yeah, let's... Uh, Let's just start at 10, and then at the end, we'll uh, share some honorable mentions. Um, so right. we'll start Sounds at great. 10. Again, these numbers don't matter, but we'll start at 10. So, Nate, what uh, what is your 10th album? Yeah, so I didn't even order mine, so I'm just going to... Whatever order you have. Go in go. maybe alphabetical order. Sounds good. Um, in terms of artists, and that means I'm starting with For Emma, Forever Ago by Bonnie Bear. So... This is, for Emma is, along with his self-titled, are his, Bonnie Bear's two records. I know it's just, it's a band, but it's an, so it's confusing. Bonnie Bear's confusing. But the band, it's their, the band's career is basically split in half between those two records and then uh, the two newest records, 22, A Million, and then I.I. And... I think for Emma, what I like so much about it is actually the context of what Bonnie Iver became and being able to like go back to his like roots and yeah. and the folksy raw uh, songs he has on this project and see how it makes perfect sense how he's developed and the way he has and become more experimental, more production focused. But this record just has so many great songs on it. It's an album that I never listened to during the decade actually. Yeah. But as I became a Bonnie Vera fan, I went back and listened to, and it's just, it's just a really incredible album. I have a tough time knowing which one I like better between that and his self-titled because both are so good. But yeah, for Emma. Yep. Little um, lady. What about you? Unless you have anything you want to well, say. Well, I'll just Brad. say, and I'm, I don't want to give too much away, but just the difference of how you create a list because there's so many options. I had so many albums. Like, I literally started with, like, 50 albums and had to narrow yeah. it down to 10. Um, and 50 felt like I was cutting out a bunch of albums I really liked already. And... Bon Iver was in there, and my reason for not having it in the top 10 was just I also didn't listen to it during the decade. So yeah. my list, maybe it's a spoiler alert, doesn't include those albums, mostly because like any album that I didn't listen to in that decade or really close to that decade. Um, but really, it's mostly just because I needed reasons to get stuff out of there, and that was one of the easiest reasons I could find. So... Um, I'm glad that you have it. That'll mean our lists will both be even more diverse, um, but uh, shows that you can prepare a list multiple different ways. So uh, my 10th album is the album Continuum by John Mayer. Um, 
I don't know that it matters the year. I wrote down the year just to kind of see, but uh, I'm assuming you don't have the year. So um, no, I think for Emma was I can guess on my years. For Emma was 2008, I think. Okay, yeah, Continuum is. Uh, let me just botch that. 2006. Con- Continuum right? was 2008 as well. 2008. Oh, Which man. the reason that I think the dates are interesting is like everything's a little later than I thought it was. Because in my mm. mind, I was like really hitting my stride mid 2000s listening to music but like quite a few of my favorite albums are like later in the decade for sure but that would have been high school and that makes a little bit more sense when i thought about that so um andrew are you sure are you sure continuum is that's what i had looked up and it said 2008 in my itunes did you just i think it's 2006 that makes so much more sense to me yeah good because i my itunes is just off yeah i mean i i was pretty confident it was 2006 because and yeah it is yeah nice well i'm glad because i thought i was going crazy i was like there's no way it was 2008 so who knows maybe these years aren't going to be accurate if if something's up but uh but yeah so continuum john mayer all right nate how about nine unless you have something you wanted to say before uh no okay. uh next i have in motion by the band copeland yeah um it was tough for me to pick which copeland record i'd want on this list yeah um because they have four in the decade and three that i like really really like um and so yep. in motion though i think it's the record that got me into Copeland. Yep. And it's the one that I actually think going back to has the most consistent bangers, like yeah. in terms of just like knock it out of the park tracks. Um, and it's this really cool blend for them because they are, I think a lot would argue like at their best, a quieter orchestral um softer band and yet this record is like a rock record for the most part and i think that's what i love about it is they still have all those skills and tools of a quieter like very melodic um and thoughtful band but they also on this record add the heavier guitars and upbeat songs and yeah, it's just a really cool project, I think. Um, and one I'd, I think I've overlooked as I've thought about Copeland's discography a little too much. And yeah, that's fair. I, taking time to make this this list, I realized, you know what? It's actually like my second favorite Cop- Copeland album, yeah. which is wow. saying a lot. That is. Yeah, that's so, yeah. saying a lot. What's um, your uh, nine, unless you want to... That was a great choice. Copeland, I actively didn't like in the 2000s. And I've <laughs> actively hated that part of me ever since. Because um, Copeland's incredible. But for some reason, I don't know. They were just too soft for me at that time, really. Yeah. Um, and it's annoying because like, that's my bread and butter now is albums like those old Copeland albums. And new ones, like I think Blushing is one of my favorites of of this newest decade here but um but yeah it's just i don't know they're so good but yeah my number nine is viesu by thrice um i never know how to pronounce it quite correctly thrice had as with really all these artists yeah thrice thrice is correct in there that's the correct pronunciation yeah i did i did get thrice good um that album came out in 2005 um according to (laughs) <laughs> I'm just gonna have Nate. Oh, did it? I'm just kidding. Everything. Yeah. I, I don't know when the Thrice Records came out yeah. off the top of my head. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, VSU is um, one of their best albums um, all time, and it's the album that I most think of in this decade. Um, it was really their first big album, especially for me, but really in general. Um, it's a huge album for them. So, um, yeah, that's my thrice record. Um, another thing that I maybe, maybe I shouldn't tee up. 
Um, but I was trying to pick one album per band. So, um, yeah, I'll just say that for me, um, that uh, you won't see double ups of band on here um, in my top 10, even though some of these bands put out multiple albums that could be in my top 20 or 30. I just picked one uh, for my top 10. So, all right. Nate, what's your eighth album? Uh, yeah, before I share that, I like to echo what Andrew said. I did the same thing. I also forgot to say that In Motion was from 2005. Oh. Uh, this neck record was from 2008, and it's a self-titled from the band Fleet Foxes. Ah, so yeah. I, I fell in love with Fleet Foxes through Helplessness Blues. Um, it's still my favorite Fleet Foxes record from 20 it's from 2012 um and it was a type of thing where i was like oh this fleet foxes record is incredible it's so good i bet they only have one other record and i'm sure it doesn't even come close to being as good as this Mm -hmm. and it does come close to being as good as helplessness blues um it's very different while still being extremely similar i think i notice Helplessness Blues feels a little bit more lush, a little bit more experimental, a little bit more harmony uh, driven. Um, but Fleet Foxes feels a bit more uh, straightforward and just like like indie folk radio hits, mm-hmm. which that's not meant to be a bad thing. I think, like, obviously, like, White Winter Hymnal is a big one. Uh, Blue Ridge Mountain um, just, like, slaps. Um, There's just a lot of great radio hits for the indie folk world. And for Fleet Foxes, they were one of those pioneering bands for the folk wave in the late 2000s, along with Mumford and... All those other projects. Yeah. I just think Fleet Foxes is the absolute best version of that mm-hmm. wave. Yeah. And so, um, and then with, the, I'm just noticing, because uh, I'm looking at my list, and they also had the best album covers. I love their album covers oh, so yeah. much. They're so beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, Andrew, uh, what's your uh, numero eight? Yes. Right? Yeah, eight. Yes, yes, you're correct. So this one is maybe a little controversial for fans of this band because I picked one album and a lot of other I don't, fans might pick Don't another. tell me the album. Tell me the band first. Under Oath. Okay. Are you doing Breathing in a New Mentality? No. No. Oh, wait. Is that, that's the title. That's the first track. That from, is. Um, uh, what's the, um, sorry. What's the album dude, name? Dude, I'm totally um, going to blank. Oh my gosh. All right, so we have They're Only Chasing Safety, Define the Great Line. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking oh, like a lot of so, that's like the line that is, they put out then. This is honestly embarrassing. It is not like, that I'm, album. I'm, oh my gosh. I'm ashamed that. Are you looking it up? Yeah, Lost Thank in the you. Sound of Separation. Thank you. Man, yeah, that's awful. that was bad. That is really bad for two people who are pretty into Under Oath. Uh, yeah, put it nicely. So it is okay. not that album. Um, is it to find the gray line? It is. All right. Well, I think that's. I don't think, think that's an fair? unpopular opinion. Okay. I think. I think to find the gray line is the band's most respected record. Okay. I personally by think me, that, but <laughs> by Andrew, I think it's their most respected record. Okay. By you. Yeah, I I feel like because of both when I like I heard this before they're only chasing safety and to me. This was what Under Oath was, and their only chasing safety was that a little bit more emo, a little bit more punk um, than Define the Great Line, but Define the Great Line. I mean, uh, honestly, what we're talking, like, I could have picked three different Under Oath albums um, if we're talking in that. I don't think Disambiguation came out in uh, in the 2000s. No, it was 2010. Yeah. So, um but Which yeah. is kind of crazy fast turnaround considering Aaron left the band yeah. and Lost in the Sound came out in 20, 2008. Yeah. So they still released an album two years later despite despite yeah. him leaving. Yeah, that is that is very impressive. Um, 
You know what's a funny thing here too is I when I started my list, I had the almost say the sooner in there and I don't want to like it's not actually technically an honorable mention, but just like man, like the music that Aaron and Under Oath were putting out in the 2000s. It's good. Oh yeah. It's real good. So good. So. All right. Um yeah, that came out in 2006. I'm only saying that so Nate can fact check me. Um which he already did. Um I think maybe. All right, uh, Nate. What is your number seven? My number seven is from an artist you've already said, which yeah, is I, why I didn't say anything. Yep. And it's John Mayer. Is it What's the album? Squares? You like that yes, one, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is from For Squares. Good job. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think relative, not relatively speaking. I would say, in terms of the overall majority. People prefer Continuum as John Mayer's best record. I think of my friends, I would say pretty unanimously that is the record. And honestly, Continuum might be a better record than Room for Squares. The thing is, is that Room for Squares hits that nostalgic sweet spot for me Mm -hmm. where... The sound of just like that early 2000s contemporary rock, singer, songwriter, acoustic full band stuff. Like that's just such a sweet spot for me. And I'm a sucker for it. And I think this record is just like such a great version of that. Yeah. Um, And so that's kind of. Uh, why I'm a Room for Squares guy over yeah. Continuum. Yep. And that's 2001, I believe, Room for Squares. So yeah. very early in the decade. Yeah. His debut. Yeah. I definitely didn't right. get into John Mayer till 06. I did not. I had to go back, uh, back in his discography. Yeah, I remember. I remember two. Sorry, now that you said that, I I have to share these two memories. The first time I heard John Mayer, for at least in my memory, was at a CVS, um, and the uh, obviously when you need to like recall something, it's like it's like like lost in the sound of separation. I like can't think of it. The first track, No Such Thing. Yeah. Uh, no Such Thing was playing at CVS. And that was, I like distinctly remember that moment yeah. and being like, man, this song's so good. I like this song. Yeah. Um, but I also remember even more, um, even <laughs> more specifically, uh, driving with a, uh, my parents and I were hanging out with a, family friend they were a couple and the woman was on the worship band and they liked john mayer as well interesting and so they were playing this record room for squares guess what song they skipped which one your body is a wonderland oh, they were like definitely. yeah this song makes me uncomfortable yeah. and so they just skipped I it thought that and I know it's tough to remember the whole track yeah. list right off the top of your head, but it was just such a funny moment of like, yeah, we we don't like listening to this song, and it's like you're like married, yeah, like you don't you don't feel comfortable listening to this song, but hey, yep, yeah, yep, hey. teach their own exactly, exactly. Nate actually has that on loop at his house because he's married and comfortable, so yeah. You know. I'm married and comfortable. <laughs> I'll explain to my kids what that song means. Yeah. Yep. It's like, yeah. yeah I, I I'm not going to keep going. All right. Um, my seventh album. Um, this was the hardest, I think, for me to decide between band and album. So I'm going to say band again, and you're going to okay. guess album because that was kind of fun it. last time. So, uh, Switchfoot. Okay, so Switchfoot had so many this decade. Did New Way to Be Human come out in 2000 or no? Well, it was 99. 
or sorry, what? Uh, not New Age of Human. Uh, the New Age of Human, I think, was ninety-seven or ninety-eight. Yeah. Their first record of the decade was uh, the blue one, right? Yep. And I, for some reason, I again forget its name. Uh, yeah. Learning to breathe, right? Yes. And then yes. you have the beautiful letdown. Yep. You have nothing is sound. Yep. Then you have Hello Hurricane. You have Oh Gravity. Oh yeah, Oh Gravity, and then Hello yep. Hurricane. Yep. I think. And vice versus. It's not no. what I picked because I didn't think it was, but it was close because that no, oh, that's came far. Two thousand eleven. It was eleven. Okay. So, I think, on one level, part of me saying it's a really easy decision. Yeah. And then the other part of me is like, I I think it's easily Hello Hurricane. The problem is, I think you're going to potentially back out and be like, oh, I thought about it, but I went with The Beautiful Letdown. So, what's your pick? Nate knows me real well. That's exactly what... I I thought about Hello Hurricane... (laughs) For a little bit you know what one was actually the one that i almost was closest to like maybe shocking but just one that i feel like doesn't get enough love i almost just went oh gravity mm. i no gravity is low-key good it's like it's up there for me like i i usually am like do i like um um do I like Beautiful Let Down or Nothing is Sound? Just because they were back mm-hmm. to back. And that was literally the debate of my middle school was those two albums. Like, yeah. which album's better? Um, and then Oh Gravity came out and I felt like a lot of people just kind of like, yeah, it's not that good. And then Hello Hurricane came out and everyone's like, oh, this is good again. But I like I like all those albums a lot. But I did pick The Beautiful Let Down. We had just talked about most influential albums for us, and it was there, and that was what made me choose that. That was 03, according to my list. Fact check me, Nate. And, it is. Uh, it is. I, I know it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, some of these I actually feel really confident saying the year, um, but it's still fun. All right. Uh, how about the sixth album for you, Nate? Yeah, so for number six, it's by... You brought up Switchfoot, who's one of definitely our favorite bands of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, this is another all-timer, and the band is Me Without You. Yep. And if you were to ask me in this decade, it would be easily, I'd be like, oh, Brother, Sister. That's a record. Yep. It used to be one of my favorite albums of all time. Not that it's like, I think it's bad now. I just don't quite like it as much as I used to. Yeah. And actually, a record has passed it from that Ooh. decade. And that's, it's all crazy, it's all false, mm. it's all a dream, oh. it's all right. Which, what year was that? Because I remember that coming out. 2009, I think? Okay. I was like, I remember that I'll double check clearly. It. Yeah, I think it was 2009. Yeah, it was the same year as Hello Hurricane. Yeah. Um, and this record is their only record that's like acoustic-driven, Every other record is like very electric driven. And for me, though, it's the songwriting and the lyrics. I think Aaron struck a great balance on this record of songs that make perfect sense and make absolutely no sense, Mm -hmm. um, which is my favorite type of songwriting and art in general. And I just think theologically he was at a point that I like identify with a lot here Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just such a fun album. And it's, I think my main thing is I have a hard time now finding not heavier stuff listenable, but like, uh, so I don't know. Maybe that is true. I've, yeah. I don't, I have a harder time listening to heavier stuff, um, without like setting everything aside, like, in terms of when I listen to music, it's usually in the background as I'm working or when I'm driving, and I don't really like listening to heavier stuff as much. And so this is just a great, softer record that I think fits my music taste of today much more than yeah. some of their other stuff does. Yeah. But yeah, right. Andrew, what's your uh, six? Yeah. So my number six, and me without you, I didn't listen to in that decade. I was just... 
yeah. mention that. So, uh, but yeah, my number six is Hot Fuss by The Killers. That was in '05. Uh, that album, I already talked about it on influential albums for me, but it. I mean, if you look at that album, it has like probably three or four songs that are probably in the top like hundred pop songs of the last like two or three decades. Like it's like crazy how their debut album came out and they just burst out on the scene with those songs. I also think it's definitely still my favorite Killers album. And it's one of the like when we're talking albums, every single song on that album is perfect. Like, um, The Killers hasn't had that yet. They've had some great songs since and some really good albums, but there's never been one that I genuinely believe every single song is perfect. Um, and like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's such a good album. So that is my sixth. All right, Nate, what is your fifth album? Top five. Let's do it. Um, even though my list is alphabetical, I was gonna say like, um, let's not get too technical. <laughs> uh, so yeah, for my number five, I'm going with the band Red, which this is the album. Before I say which one it is, this is the album that I think is like I'd be most tempted to be ashamed of. Yeah. In terms of just like, like there's so many bad Christian rock albums of the 2000s that I used to love. Um, But I think this record has actually stood the test of time. And to be honest, I don't think it's all that groundbreaking or like unique very like lincoln park inspired but it's just so damn good and so damn catchy and that's end of silence yeah i i used to be innocence and instincts guy yeah but not that i don't like that record a lot but i am i think at my core ultimately an end of silence guy because as you just said every song is so solid yep and um i just it too there's something special about like this record really helped me get into those heavier albums which did play such a big role in my uh music listening journey and so yeah i think this record still holds up yep yep and i have a feeling though i could be wrong we'll be seeing more from red but who knows maybe 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 not Red jumpsuit apparatus. Taylor Swift's red. Was that in the 2000s? I don't think so. I think it was like 2011 maybe. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, My number five is Black Holes and Revelations by Muse. Uh, Album came out in 06. Um, For the longest time, my album of choice by Muse for this decade was Absolution. And my good friend Eric would be like, I'm a black holes guy. And I'd be like, I'm an absolution guy. And we both would fully respect the other choice going, that's a damn hard choice to make. And I respect your choice, even though I differ. And a couple years ago, I was listening to Black Holes and Revelations. And I was like, man, this album is so good. And I went to Absolution and I was like, I think Black Holes, at least for me now, I think it's a better album. So I had to go to him and be like, you were right this whole time. (laughs) You had the right Muse album. Um, But that's what I'm picking. Uh, Muse had quite a bit of music also in this decade. Uh, Origin of Symmetry came out as well. Um, Excellent albums, but um, I think Muse's Black Holes and Revelations from 06. um, Yeah, one of of my favorite albums um, of the decade for sure. All right, Nate, what is your fourth album? So this album, I think, is kind of a shock in the sense that there's just... I don't even know how to start explaining it, so I'll just go. I'm having Reliant K on my Mm -hmm. list, and the album is Forget and Not Slow Down. Interesting. And it is 
easily, my, I don't want to say easily, it is most likely my favorite album on this list, my favorite album of the 2000s is Forget and Not Slow Down by Reliant K. That's impressive. And it's a record that I hated when it came out. Interesting. Because Reliant K had done pop punk basically for the past four records or whatever. And Reliant K with Switchfoot were, they were the two bands that kind of got me into rock. And so for them to just throw such a curveball, I just wasn't ready for it. And it wasn't until college that I went back and listened to it. And I think it's just so freaking good. I, I, I honestly don't know how to describe it. It's really bright. It's powerful. It's soft. It's heavy. It's, it's all these things, but it really is a journey album where songs flow together. Themes are filled throughout. Um, and incredible title track that's the intro so if you want to get into it just or you're you're interested just listen to that first track and yep i promise you will forget whatever else is going on in your life and not slow down listening to the album kill me that was awful okay uh what here for it what uh (laughs) is your four yeah my four is uh an album by the band Red, and it is the album Innocence and Instinct yeah. um, from 09. Honestly, I think it's funny your trajectory because to me, when Innocence and Instinct came out, it was by far better than End of Silence. Like, not, and End of Silence was like my favorite album before that, but Innocence yeah. and Instinct shot to like it's the best album I've heard ever, was yeah. my opinion on it. According to this, it came out in 09, which I cannot believe at all and will argue for the rest of time because that's like way later in the decade than I thought it was. Um, But um, it really set me up for the next, I don't know how many years of music and bands that I was in that were trying to sound like Red. Um, at, probably because I was starting quite a few of those bands and is like, hey, we're going to be red, by the way, just just so everyone's aware <laughs> where this thing's headed. Um, but yeah, Innocence and Instinct, huge album for me. Um, and if I was doing an order of most influential in that decade, it would be Innocence and Instinct for sure. Um, it doesn't age bad. But there's other albums now that I probably just, I don't know, with music taste might go back to from that era a little bit sooner. But again, this list order doesn't matter. So, yep, that's that. So, Nate, what is your number three? Yeah, so my number three, and I forgot before sharing that, I totally forgot the years to mention. So, End of Silence by Red was 06. And then Innocence and Instinct, you said was 09, and yep. so was Forget and Not Slow Down by Reliant okay. K. Um, next, I have one of the albums that was in my uh, list for most influential albums um, when we did that episode. Yeah. And it's the 2000, I believe. No, 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 2002. Uh, it's the 2002 All Right Here. By Sarah Groves. Yeah. You know, so again. There. I'm impressed. Yeah. Again, in terms of like potentially feeling shame, like similar to Red, but even honestly more so with this record, it was the last sure. album I put on this list because I was like, I don't want to put it on. <laughs> I'm just embracing it. You know what? Yeah. Yep. This record might suck. I don't know. Like, listen to it and let I me know. I should listen to it because like. Yeah. I really you haven't, should. so I should see how much is nostalgia, or if you're really on to something. Yeah, I, that would be awesome if you did. I'd yeah. really appreciate that. Um, and it's like extremely contemporary Christian, so if yeah. if 
you like haven't listened to that type of stuff, you're probably not going to be vibing with the lyrics, I'd have to guess. Um, Though you might, who knows? Um, But for you, Andrew, I think you have a similar background as me. So you'd be a good, you'd probably be the perfect person to listen to and be like, yeah, Nate, this was all nostalgia for you because this record actually sucks. Yeah. Um, But again, it's actually similar to Room for Squares for me in the sense of like, stylistically obviously those records sound very different but yeah it's that early 2000s contemporary music like i don't know i'm like a sucker for that contemporary stuff back in the early 2000s i love it so yeah it was all right there in the early 2000s um andrew what is your number three my number three is hybrid theory by lincoln park came out in the year 2000 um i was really torn lincoln park had i mean they're just one of my all-time favorite bands and every album they put out in the 2000s i loved um i'm always torn between like hybrid theory and meteor because i feel like hybrid theory has all the like radio hits now obviously meteor still had um uh numb and uh breaking the habit and stuff but um but i feel like they're very similar in just how much i like it but um i don't know i went with hybrid theory it is the og um and uh that album is so good and just squeaks in uh with the year 2000 but i would have picked minutes to midnight if both hybrid theory and meteor was out um at that point anyway so there's just yeah they're so good all right, Nate, what's your number two? I have yet another. I'm feeling like my picks are potentially more predictable because of the uh, there's not many letters left after S. Sure. But actually, this is another S. And it's uh, another album, too, that I listened to post the decade. Um, okay. And that's Sufjan Stevens, Illinois. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean... In terms of, like, folk records, I know it's, like, way indier folk than the Fleet Foxes indie folk movement I was talking about. The Fleet Foxes movement was much more, like, popular. Um, Sufjan, obviously Sufjan is popular, but he's a different type of popular. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, come, come on and feel the Illinois... Uh, Illinois is just a journey. It has a million tracks, and there are all different types of tracks, just instrumental, quick instrumentals, long, big, grand songs like Chicago that like really explode, and yeah. then like quiet, somber tracks that are really thoughtful and heart and like yeah. convicting, like John Wayne Gacy Jr. Um, actually saw a documentary on him, which is scary. It was very scary. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think yep. this is, if Sufjan never released Carrie and Lowell, I think this, most people would agree this is his yeah. best record. Yep. Uh, but Sufjan did release Carrie and Lowell. So most people <laughs> don't say this is the best record. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like, that's actually my second favorite album uh, behind Carrie and Lowell. Um, but I don't know that it, uh, that's that unique. Uh, I don't think for myself, apparently. So <laughs> I agree. All right, Andrew, what was your numero dos? Um, again, not in order. So I'm just trying to figure out which one I want to end on. Um, Nate, have you realized what sweater I'm wearing yet? Um, it's kind of covered. You barely can see. Yeah, and, I just see your hood. my camera's frozen right your now. Your camera's... So you I can't, can't see, see a dang thing, really. So... But you look I happy. I am wearing a hoodie from this Oh, wait. This is album. it Amberlynn? It is. So, Amberlynn Cities is going to be Very my nice. number two. And that came out in the year 07. Um, still one of my favorite albums of that decade for sure um they are i don't know they're just 
they were doing something unique, I feel like, and like still do for sure um, when they release stuff. But they stand out from their um, punk pop punk like I don't know. There was a lot of people doing music somewhat similar, but Cities just felt like it was their cohesive album that everything worked together on. Um, I still think Finn is maybe my favorite song of all time. Um, that is the song that ends that album. And I know Nate's gotten into newer Amberlynn more, um, but uh, for me, Cities will always be their best album. And uh, and always until they release something better, which I still hope that they do, but uh, it is probably highly unlikely with the amount of nostalgia that I've added in for Cities. So, um, yeah, that's it. All right. We both get one more album. It's not really our top album because we didn't really do an order. But what is your last uh, last album of the top ten albums of the two thousands? Before I share, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting the years. So Illinois yeah. was two thousand five. Okay. Andrew, I feel like we're both at the point where we should each have educated guesses for yes who. Like what the last, at least the last artist, if we can't pick the album. I think I have a pretty good guess. I'm stuck between one or two for for you. Do you have any guesses for me? You're probably not, you haven't been keeping track probably in in the same way that I have in terms of guessing. But Um, my, I guess you're going first, so I'll guess first. Um, You're going to pick a Switchfoot album, right? Yes, that is correct. Okay. So which one? Ooh, right. I gotta do that. Um, I wanted to be like Fading West. <laughs> um, I love Fading West. You I know, know you that. do, and it's not in this decade, which is annoying. No, it's me. not. <sighs> the question is, do you bail like I do mm. on... Like, I bailed and went to the beautiful letdown. I was trying to think, like, I don't actually know for how much we talk Switchfoot. I don't know where Nothing Is Sound falls. I don't think you like Oh Gravity as much as I do, but I could be wrong. Uh So I'm going to guess Hello Hurricane, because you guessed it, too. So it is Nothing Is Sound. Oh, so I didn't, I really don't know how much you like that album. Yeah. Well, let me tell you how much I like Please. that album. I like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, the thing about this album is that I think the lyrics just hold up so well for me. I yeah. listen back to it and I'm like, and I know, like, I'm not trying to pretend like, this record is super special like no other sure. albums do this like there's plenty of albums that the lyrics hold up um, but i listen to this album and everything he's talking about i'm like yep 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 mm. all these things are still uh current issues and current problems and i think to it's when the band for this decade at least um it was the perfect sweet spot of the rock and radio mm-hmm. sound merging where I feel like it's very radio friendly. These tracks, very approachable, very listenable, not hard to yeah. get into, um, but also very rock focused, very um Less con- less contemporary, not contemporary. I don't want to keep using the word contemporary, but the beautiful letdown was a bit. Even though it was a rock record, they it was like a lot softer, and they had more acoustic yes. tracks, and it wasn't like as much of a rock record as this. But yep. yeah, I just keep going back to this record and being and I'm consistently impressed. Um, and yeah, I love it a lot. Yep. yep. And it's yeah. well deserving of that. Good choice. And now I know. So Andrew, you want to take what, a guess? Yeah, I do want to take a guess. What my problem is is that you having cities as I know you're not like fixated on the list. 
on the order, but even thinking of an album in the ballpark of cities is kind of tough for me, for you, because it's yeah. like, man, I know how much you love, you absolutely love that album. And I don't uh, know if I was doing a true list. I don't know if this album would be above cities. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's ballpark. It's, ballpark. They're, they're, yeah. it's close enough where yep. you'd say I'm in the same sense. Yep. Um, and so the two options that I have, I mean, I know there's more, there's more than two. Okay. The three options I have, the least likely I would say is brand new eyes by Paramore mm-hmm. though. That is an option. Yep. Then the second option I would say is constellations by August Burns red. Mm-hmm. But my first pick it's going to be with Roots Above and Branches Below by Devil Wears Prada. So, all three of those albums are wrong. Oh. And um, they were in top 50 for sure, but um, but we'll talk honorable mentions in a minute. Maybe they'll be there. But the last album I will pick here is Viva La Vida by Coldplay. Oh, you know what's funny? You know why I didn't guess it? Because you didn't think Coldplay? No, because I was looking through like my list yeah. of albums from the 2000s, and I yep. don't even have Viva La Vida on it because yep. I don't listen to that record yep. or really Coldplay that much at all. Yep. Yep. So there you um, go. that's it. And that probably makes more sense to you hearing it. Like it makes. Oh, sense yeah. The second you said it, I was off, like, oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's yep. that's why I was saying before, I was like, I don't know if any of these records stand with cities. You're right. Like, they don't because they didn't make my top 10. <laughs> they might have made honorable mentions, but like they didn't make uh, top 10. So, yeah. Um, but now yeah. that you said it, it's like obvious. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, probably. So this is the one more than cities, I would say, that. I feel like it's the album that I say is their best and my favorite, but my heart starts to pull me to Milo Zeloto now um, as my favorite or their best, but um, that's not this decade, so my decision was way easier. (laughs) Um, That was like 2011, which I guess years, but... um, Viva La Vida, this is another one that I really don't actually believe that this is the correct year. It says it's 08, but that feels way too late in the decade. Um, but maybe fact check me. Maybe that's some deluxe. I don't know. But um, I have here is 08, and uh, yeah, it's definitely up there as far as favorite albums. Um, not just obviously of that decade, but all time. It's an all-timer for sure. So. All right, we will do some honorable mentions here. Now that we know each other's list, let's mention some bands or artists or albums that didn't make the cut for top 10. So, Nate, do you want to start us off with that? Yeah, sure. So, for me, I chose the reason why I didn't want to do the honorable mentions is cuz basically all my honorable mentions were different albums from the from the, the bands yeah. and artists that made my list. So, uh, like, both of the other Copeland records yep. um, that I was thinking of, which are Eat, Sleep, Repeat, and then You Are My Sunshine, yep. those are honorable mentions for me. Um, both of the John Mayer records, which would include Heavier Things, as yep. well as Andrew's Continuum, are on there. Then The Beautiful Letdown by Switchfoot, Brother Sister by Me Without You. Um, All those records, even Catch for Us with Foxes by Me Without You. Basically, these bands, because back then, it's funny. I thought I listened to a lot of stuff. I listened to absolutely nothing. Yeah. And so the fact that these artists are repeating is not a surprise because... There's not a ton of competition overall. Um, sure. And so, yeah. What about you, Andrew? Yep. Um, so, again, no real order here. Um, I had a hard time not putting a U2 album in there 
Um, but U2 is definitely one of those bands that all their albums are really good, but no album, uh, uh, specifically in this decade, there was no album that stood out. The The closest was All That You Can't Leave Behind, um, it's 2001. The album I actually picked uh, for honorable mention for Reliant K was Mm-hmm. There was a lot of choices there. Two lefts uh, would be up there as far as I probably listen to that more, but Mm-hmm's definitely the one that I would listen to more going back. Um, and still, I guess, wanting some of that nostalgic Reliant K, where Forget Not Slow Down is actually like an album that could come out now and work. It's not near as dated as some of their other work um, is for sure. Um, the Paramore album that I picked is actually not Brand New Eyes. It is Riot. Um, that's my favorite of their work. Um, uh, this is a hard one to nail down album because they had a few, but Blindside, um, I'm going to pick Silence. Um, but between that and About a Burning Fire, it's really tricky. Um, but Silence, Blindside is, I was just actually telling my boss today, who's also in a Blindside, which is crazy because they're not that popular. But, um, Blindside came on when I was, uh, my music was on shuffle today. And I literally stopped shuffling my music and I went and just listened to Blindside. Like, they're kind of like what a remote drop is. It's like that for music with me a lot of times with Blindside. Um, and then I have Sign No More, Mumford & Sons, which, because I got into that album, like, 2011, maybe 2010, but after that, I do not think of that album with this decade. So when I was looking, I was like, well, I wonder when Sign No More came out, and saw it was 09, I was like, oh my gosh, I need that on this list somewhere, and I just couldn't figure out, again, had to figure out how to not have albums that I wasn't super into because that's a standard that I set for myself, which is stupid, but helped. So, um, yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Um, you had like albums you were guessing, like with roots, um, above, I was like, that was one of the last ones I pulled out. Um, uh, there I had constellations, August burns red. Um, I also actually really like messengers by them too. Um, so it was hard not to have uh, those albums. There was no Nickelback album, which <laughs> may not surprise uh, anyone or no one. Um, I did actually think of Red Jumpsuit Apparatuses, uh, Don't You Fake It. They're not a band who held up over multiple albums, but that album is super good. So I don't know, just so much good music, so much stuff uh, that's either holds up now or just brings all the nostalgia back. Um I think it's such a good decade for music. And what's really fun is, like, we didn't get into, like, any of the pop R&B stuff that was happening because that stuff was huge, um, especially, like, R&B. But, like, I, like, quite a bit of the time I'm going back to the 2000s, I'm listening to, like, all the, like, I don't know, Rihanna, Beyonce, like, all the pop R&B stuff that I didn't listen to much growing up and I'm like oh dude such a good vibe to those uh I don't know it's all dated but it's all really good so all right I think we should close this podcast uh Nate any other thoughts on the decade list all that fun stuff Mumford slipped my list like I completely forgot about them um So maybe they would have made my list. I don't know. Okay. But I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, that's um, worth noting. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Um, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast. That really helps us. Uh, commenting on the podcast also helps uh, just people find the podcast. The right people find the podcast. Uh, we don't care if it's five people listening to the podcast as long as it's the right five people. Um, we really just want... Uh, which luckily it's not just five people. Maybe we would care. Maybe it'd be hard to actually do the podcast, but uh, it's super fun um, to do the podcast to talk about uh, bands that 
maybe people haven't heard before. So definitely anything you can do to spread the word of this podcast, tell your friends, family, uh, coworkers, enemies, all that fun stuff. Uh, you can find us on our socials on Twitter and Instagram at LDL pod. And you can also email us at long distance listening at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. We hope you are enjoying your 2023 so far. Um, this will come out in a little bit. Uh, so hopefully there's no crazy, uh, things that we're not referencing about 2023 by the time it comes out. But, uh, but yeah, hope it's a good year so far. You guys, thanks for checking out the podcast and have a good rest of your day. Mumford looks a little too young to be their daddy.